Welcome to Coffee House Questions. This is Ryan Polly. It has been a very interesting week in the news here in California, both with AB 29 being withdrawn from the state Senate and Assembly, as well as Azusa Pacific University in how they changed their student handbook addressing LGBTQ relationships and then ended up reinstating it. So that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit on the show today. Now, before we jump in, I just want to say thank you so much for those of you who are listening. Uh, also for uh, the reviews on iTunes. Another review came in, a humble and honest review, as it said it was right here. Um, and I just want to thank you guys so much. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate the feedback. I tell my students all the time, you need to get pe- people's feedback, honest feedback, see how things are going, uh, know how you need to improve. And so for me, not only is that encouraging to get the feedback of how you enjoy uh, the way the show is done and how I kind of discuss different issues and how I try to make things make sense, um, but also you rating it and reviewing it so that other people can see those things. Because again, as I mentioned before, uh, I shop a lot on Amazon and uh, what I know is that reviews are so important important. You want something to have good reviews and a lot of them. uh, And that really means a lot. So thank you guys so much for those uh, reviews. And if you do enjoy the show, I really would appreciate you taking just a couple minutes uh, going over to iTunes or your podcast listening app and reviewing the show for me. That would be such an encouragement. Well, this fall uh, is is keeping busy for me. Uh, not only am I in the middle of a wedding planning season, which is busy to start, uh, but also with different speaking events. And I've ha- been able to add some events at churches as well as some uh, schools and uh, other events are being talked about and trying to get on the books. Um, and so if you would like to uh, book me for an event, uh, you can always go to coffeehousequestions.com, go to the endorsements and speaking page, look at those events, uh, the speaking request page. Also, you can see the upcoming events and see what dates I have available in those different talks. And so uh, that's a little uh, information for you. And then also, as always, before we jump into the topic, I just want to give you guys a chance to interact with me and asking questions, especially when interviews come up. Uh, and you can do that. You can send in your questions or comments at contact at coffeehousequestions.com, that email, uh, facebook.com slash coffeehousequestions, Instagram, uh, or Twitter at ryanpoly3, ryanpoly3, or 714-989-6927. And then finally, uh, just mentioning what I did at the last show that we had together, it has been really fun. I have been doing a question of the day about four or five days a week on my Instagram account. And so my students send in questions. I have also gotten a question from a former student who's now at the university. And I answer one question every single day. I post something on my Instagram story. I then record an Instagram TV video and and upload that each and every day. a video if it needs a longer explanation, uh, no video if it's a short, quick little answer. So that's been a lot of fun. I have had some uh, response to that. And so if you're on Instagram and you want to see the question of the day and get those short little snippets, the video is normally about two, three minutes. Uh, you can follow me there at Instagram at RyanPoly3 and get that information. All right. Well, here in the state of California, there was a lot of stuff that we were talking about back in the spring. Uh, As you may have remembered, uh, my summer job is working at Summit Ministries. I worked there for the last uh, two years in their Summit California conference. And that conference was actually stopped because of Assembly Bill AB uh, 2943. And this was the bill uh, trying to make... um, 
conversion therapy illegal uh, as a business practice. And so the idea was if you uh, are trying to sell someone on the idea that you can help them convert uh, out of same-sex attraction, that if they have same-sex attraction, they go to counseling, that you can help them uh, come away from that and maybe gain opposite-sex attraction, uh, that that business practice would be made illegal. And they tried to uh, explain it in the way uh, as um, fraudulent business practice, where if you are trying to sell an orange and tell someone that they're going to grow an extra two feet because they eat the orange, uh, that would be wrong. That is illegal. You can't do that. And so in the same way, they saw sexual desires as being unchangeable. And this is something that is just part of you. It does not change. And so to offer therapy or offer counseling uh, that says that you can change or to try to talk someone into uh, not having those desires or even to encourage them in any way out of those sort of relationships with the exchange of money uh, would have become illegal. And so because of that, Summit Ministries pulled out of California, uh, not wanting to risk, again, uh, students paying money to attend a conference and then a conference speaker talking about biblical sexuality and then that's what we are called to and uh, not wanting to risk getting sued or anything like that. And so they pulled out and there was no Summit California this summer. Well, the good news is, is that that bill was recently withdrawn by Evan Lowe, the author of that bill. Uh, as I've heard, he sat, has, he sat down with a lot of people and he heard concerns from both sides uh, about the wording and, and the purpose of the bill. And he actually chose himself to withdraw that bill. And so that was a huge thing uh, that's happened here in California. And so uh, it, it doesn't seem like the fight is completely over. Uh, and it seems like there may be some movements uh, here in the future coming up, maybe next year. Um, and obviously, I, I will keep you updated on those as they come about. Uh, but that was a huge uh, thing that happened uh, when it comes to counseling and, um, and same-sex desires and that sort of thing uh, with that bill, AB 2943. Now, coming along with that uh, was also some really big news here with Azusa Pacific University. I don't know if you guys heard about it, uh, but it really made its rounds. And after the initial statement, I was going to record a podcast and record a show and kind of things fell through with just the busyness of the schedule and I wasn't able to get to it. And then actually new news came out uh, that, again, changed the whole entire situation. And so initially... Uh, the original article came out on September 18th, just about a few weeks ago, that Azusa Pacific removes a ban on LGBTQ relationships and creates a program for students. And so the article kind of goes on and says, look, as an evangelical AP institution, APU still adheres to biblical principles of human sexuality, the belief that sexual union is intended by God to take place within the marriage covenant between a man and a woman. And that remains a cornerstone for the university's foundation. However, there was an on-campus uh, LGBTQ uh, group, Haven, that uh, was a safe place for LGBTQ students. And they were having dialogues and conversations with the university. And then this article was put out that APU removed the ban on LGBTQ relationships, that they would be able to have romantic, public, same-sex relationships on campus. And I'm actually going to work through, even though uh, things have changed now, and I'll tell you about that change right now, but I'm going to work through this article, kind of looking at some of the arguments that they brought up. However, uh, that was September 18th, just a little bit later, 10 days later on September 28th, the board of trustees for APU came out and made a change back uh, in a statement of themselves. And so they said, 
And this is straight from their article. And I'll post these links in the show notes on online on coffeehousequestions.com. It says, we commit to the following, to each member of the APU community and to all who share in the 2,000-year legacy of Christian Christianity that forms our bedrock. So they made five statements. One, we remain unequivocally biblical and orthodox in our evangelical Christian identity. The Bible serves as our anchor. Number two, we stand firm in our convictions, never willing to capitulate to outside pressure, be they legal, political, or social. Number three, we affirm God's perfect will and desire for humankind with the biblical understanding of the marriage covenant as between one man and one woman. Outside of marriage, he calls his people to abstinence. Number four, we advocate for holy living within the university in support of our Christian values. And number five, we declare that our clear mission to equip equip disciples and scholars to advance the work of God in the world is more necessary today than ever before. And they go on to say, quote, last week reports circulated about a change in the undergraduate student standard of conduct that action concerning romanticized relationships was never approved by the board and the original wording has been reinstated. We see every student as a gift from God, infinitely valuable and worthy in the eyes of our creator as a member of our campus community. We believe our university is the best place for earnest and guided conversations to unfold with all students about every facet of life, including faith and sexuality. We embrace all students who seek a rigorous rigorous Christian higher education and voluntarily join us in mission. We pledge to boldly uphold biblical values and not waver in our Christian Christ-centered mission. We will examine how we live up to these high levels and enact measures to prevent us from swaying from that sure footing. End quote. So here the Board of Trustees comes out about 10 days later and says, look, this change was made without our permission. We are reinstating the language. And so here the university has come up and stood up for biblical sexuality and biblical values against the pressure of our culture. And so I really want to commend APU for doing that, for standing strong on biblical sexuality. But that is interesting. uh, And I want to go back and look. So what was it then with this Christian university and the board of trustees holding to biblical sexuality and expecting students to live by that? What was it that caused them uh, to make these changes? And I want to read uh, just three sections. I want to go over three sections of the original article that APU published. The original article describes the conversations between Haven, uh, this group, Aaron Green, who is leading these meetings, and APU. And so the first thing that is lined out in this article, and I'll read this, it's, quote, We thought it was unfair to single out queer folks in the same romantic relationships while it is impossible to enforce or monitor whether other students are remaining abstinent, Green said. Queer students are just as able to have romanticized relationships that abide by APU's rules. The code used falsely assumes that same-sex romances always involved sexual behavior. This stigmatizes this stigmatization causes harm to our community, especially those serious about Christian faith, end quote. So the first thing and the first argument that was being made is it's unfair to single out queer folks in same-sex relationships when it's impossible to enforce or monitor heterosexual students, right? So you have heterosexual students that are engaged in inappropriate behavior, breaking the, stu- you know, the, the school rules, the code of conduct, and how they're living on campus. And since the school cannot enforce that, why are they enforcing uh, something on same-sex relationships? It's unfair to single out a single group. So this is one of those things. And, and look, and then Aaron Green goes on and says, queer students are just as able to have romanticized relationships that abide by APU's rules. Now, I don't know what APU's rules are, but I just find this interesting. If the rules are you can be in whatever relationship you want as long as it doesn't include sexual behavior, 
then that would surprise me a little bit. And maybe that's what the rules are, but that would surprise me, right? Because at least biblically, it is very clear. Biblically, it's not whatever romantic relationship you want to be in as long as there's not sexual behavior is not permitted. And I would want to ask the question, if I were having a conversation, is what does it mean to have a romanticized relationship that abides by rules that does not involve sexual behavior or even the the desire to have that in the future? Because I think that's one thing that's very different is, is would this group be okay if it be, if even if Christianity would say, okay, yes, you can have a romantic relationship as long as it's not having involving sexual behavior, uh, but you also can never get married because we believe that marriage is between one man and one woman. Would that be okay? Would that be like, okay, that's exactly what we want. We got what we want. We're done fighting. Or is this just kind of that first step that we want to kind of normalize this sort of relationship and then we kind of start to push for other areas. And so that would be a question that I would have is, is what is, does this relationship look like? And is this really okay? So what is a romantic relationship with no desire for future marriage because you hold a biblical sexuality of one man and one woman and no desire for sexual behavior because you believe that that is wrong? What does that relationship look like? How is that different than maybe friends or something like that? That would just be questions that I would ask trying to gain a better understanding of what's going on here. And so this is where they think it's unfair. Now, it goes on. And now this is the Associate Dean of Students, Bill Fiala. And here he is speaking. So the first one was Aaron Green. And now Bill Fiala, a PhD, Associate Dean of Students, says the changes that occurred to the handbook around sexual behavior creates one standard for all undergraduate students as opposed to differential standards for different groups, Fiala said. The change that happened with the code of conduct is still in alignment with our identity as a Christian institution. The language changed, but our spirit didn't. Our spirit is still a conservative evangelical perspective on human sexuality. End quote. So there's a few things in this quote that I find, again, very interesting. He says the change occurred around sexual behavior that creates one standard. Well, I think this is interesting of having this one standard because we are talking about different kinds of relationships, right? You have a different standard for different relationships. And if one side is going to argue, no, this isn't a different relationship. This is exactly the same. Well, are you saying that same-sex relationships are the exact same as heterosexual relationships? If so... Now, this is going to sound rude, but if so, why not be in a heterosexual relationship? Well, I don't like, okay, there is a difference, right? And the reason why they're fighting for it, there's a difference between these relationships. And so we understand a difference between how we treat these different relationships. And so, I mean, I, I think about this as, as a teacher. If a teacher had a relationship with a student, the school would not be okay with that if, if we just said, well, no, it's, it's a romantic relationship, but it does not involve sexual behavior, to, to think that it, to falsely assume that it always involves sexual behavior is wrong. We can have romantic relationships that, that abide by the rules of, of biblical sexuality of no sex before marriage. And marriage is only one man and one woman. Now, the school is still going to say, look, the relationship between a teacher and a student is inappropriate no matter what. And if you hold the biblical sexuality, it is clear that of God designing male to be with female in that type of relationship. And so I don't think it is the same kind of relationship. And so it makes sense to have these different kind of standards. We treat different kinds of relationships differently. This happens all the time. The relationship that I have with my students, I have to act and behave differently than the relationship I have with my brother, than the relationship I have with my fiance and the relationship I have with my parents. There's different ways that you act in different relationships. There's a different standard based on who it is. And so this is normal in the same way. Again, when you go to see a movie, 
If I'm over 65, maybe you get a senior citizen discount. If you're a student, you get a student discount. Is it unfair to treat someone different because of the different position they're in? No, it's a different type of situation, right? But it's based on an objective standard. If I am a student, I get a student discount. If you're a senior citizen, you get a senior discount. And so the movie theory can say, no, you're not a senior citizen. By definition, you're not 65. You don't get this discount. Is that discrimination? Yes. They're judging me based on something, but it's not just their opinion. And I think it's the difference of if, if McDonald's gives a senior coffee and says, sorry, you can't get it. You're not a senior. But, it, but if they go, look, we will give senior coffees to everyone. Anyone can get a senior coffee. And I walk in and I say, can I have a senior citizen coffee? And they say, no, why not? Because I just don't like you. That's a problem. But if they say we will give senior citizen coffees to senior citizens and I do not qualify as a senior citizen, then I don't get that coffee. And we don't have a problem with that. I don't know. Maybe some people are. I don't know anyone who's fighting movie theaters on giving student discounts or fighting McDonald's for giving a senior citizen coffee because they're judging based on an objective standard. They're judging based on the fact that I'm not 65 or that I'm still in college, that sort of thing. It's not saying anyone can get this, but not you. I don't like you. Right. And so what this is, is we're saying, look, these are different standards, different relationships, different standard. And so uh, Fiala goes on and says that this was a change in the code of conduct, it's still in alignment with our identity as a Christian institution. Well, the board of directors who's now come back and changed it, they would say, no, it's not in alignment. We not only expect our students to believe and hold to biblical sexuality of one man and one woman uh, in the course of marriage, but also to live according to that as well. And then he says, the language changed, but the spirit didn't. Now, I don't even know what that means. What is the spirit of the school if the language has changed? The language is now opening up for a relationship to be public and promoted through a group that has been created for them. Not just, it says for, to create a safe space, but also promoting this sort of thing, allowing it to happen, uh, that, is clear, that is unbiblical. And so it says, well, the language changed, but the spirit didn't. Well, what is the spirit that you still have when now you're now re- allowing for this relationship that has been uh, not allowed because of the biblical view of sexuality? Now, finally, in the last section, really quickly, I want to kind of point out one last thing that Fiala says that I think is very interesting, very telling in this conversation. He says, quote, I would say that in any circumstance, you got to approach things as a learner, end quote. Let me stop that there. Absolutely. We need to approach things as a learner. That's why if I was having a conversation with any of these people, I would be asking lots of questions. As I've already mentioned, what does it mean to be in a romantic relationship? Uh, Do you hold to biblical sexuality? What is your view of marriage? When is these things okay? Uh, I, I would want to be a learner. I would want to go in trying to understand what their perspective and their approach is. But he goes on and says, quote, before making assumptions and drawing conclusions about people, get to know somebody different than you. I'm not a big fan of who's right and who's wrong in this conversation. I'm a big fan of caring for people. So my hope would be that we treat each other that way, end quote. Now, again, before making assumptions, before drawing conclusions, get to know someone different. Absolutely. We need to talk to people who have different views than us, learn from them, bounce our ideas off of them, listen to their ideas and help us come to a better understanding. Absolutely. But then he goes on and says, I'm not a big fan of who's right and who's wrong in this conversation. I'm a big fan of caring for people. Well, here's my first thought when I read this. Why does it have to be either or? Why do you either have to say you're right, you're wrong or care for people? Why can't we do both? 
Right, this is the approach that uh, Standard Reason takes, uh, that I've taken in my talk. Alan Schleeman writes on this, and I've had him on the show, this idea of what he calls truth and compassion. Sean McDowell talks about the same thing. Truth and compassion. You have to speak truth, but you need to do so with compassion, with care for the other person. Right? If you lie, there's a great video of this, and, I, and I've always promoted this on my page, and maybe you've seen it. Uh, but if, if a girl comes to you and says, I think I'm fat, but she's anorexic, she's like 85 pounds and goes, I think I'm fat. The compassionate thing is not to say, yes, you are. I agree with you, whatever you think. No, to love her is to tell her the truth. To love her is to help her see herself in a way that corresponds to reality. We have to hold to what is true. There are things that are right and there are things that are wrong. There are things that are good and there are things that are evil. That is a clear teaching in scripture. Jesus is the only way. Now, could you imagine taking this and switching it into a different topic and say, you know, when it comes to world religions and evangelism, you know, the difference between, you know, Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism, Christianity, like, I'm not a fan of who's right and who's wrong. Let's just care for people. No, we are called to preach the gospel we, and, and the gospel is offensive. The gospel is offensive because the gospel says, I am broken and I need a savior. And, and people don't like that. People don't like hearing this, this idea of inherent evil within us that we need a savior, Jesus, to come down to redeem us. We don't like that. That is offensive. But if Christians simply just cared for people, we would not be doing what God has called us to do in going out and making disciples of all nations. We have to speak the truth of Jesus Christ. Jesus came in truth and he came in love, in grace. But again, then there's this idea that we can go far too far to the other side of only focusing on who's right and just say, oh, you guys, you're, you're all evil. You're all wrong. You're, we're the right ones. And do so in a way that does not care for people, does not create that space to really care and help people understand. And so I don't see this. This is kind of this false dichotomy. Well, do we, do we see, do we, you know, are we a fan of who's right and who's wrong or uh, should we care for them? Let's do both. Let's present the truth, biblical truth, the truth that God has revealed to us, not just my preference, not just what I like, but the truth revealed to us in scripture. But let's do it in a way that cares for people. Let's do it in a way that shows grace and compassion. And so he says, look, he ends, he says, so my hope would be that we treat each other that way. Yes, let's treat each other with compassion, but let us speak truth at the same time. This is so important. But I think as we now take a step back, and the reason why I wanted to work through this, even though it was now changed, right? The board of directors came and changed it all back and said, look, this was not done with our approval. Uh, this is not going to happen. It's important, I, I think, to look through and look at the arguments that were made. What was kind of the, this article points out those main arguments that were made that were convincing. This fact that, hey, well, you, these other people are living in sin, so, you know, you can't judge them or you can't uh, monitor them. Also, it assumes something about us. You can't make that assumption. We can live in, in, in romantic relationships that are not sexual. Uh, also, you can't have different standards for different people. Uh, you can't have different standards uh, for different groups of people. And so you have to have one standard uh, for everybody. Uh, but we don't live that way. I mean, it, 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 that's not how things work. We have different standards for different people all the time in our culture. My brother gets a military discount because he's in the military. Right. There, there's ways that we promote. And as uh, Frank Turek from crossexamine.org, he talks about in one of his talks is that with all different behaviors or all different actions, we can either promote them, permit them or prohibit them. 
right? So when you think about jobs, we promote police work, we promote military, we permit most other work, and we prohibit things like drug dealing. Well, why does the government do that? Why did we promote these things? Well, because police work benefits society. Police work is good. Police work helps everybody uh, around each other. And so we're going to promote that behavior because that's good for us. Then there's a lot of jobs that, you know, it's not a huge benefit. And so we allow you to keep doing it because you're not necessarily a huge benefit, but you're not necessarily hurting us very much. And so we're going to allow you to do that job. And then there are the jobs, the, the, um, the jobs that hurt us, drug dealing. And so that is going to be prohibited. That is now illegal. This is hurting us and everybody else around them. We have different standards based on what you do. And I think that's the same thing, again, with the movie theaters. That's the same thing. Uh, I've worked at restaurants before, right? You get the punch card. If you come in 10 times and you buy 10 things, we'll give you something free. Well, why? Because you coming in is promoting our, our business, right? If you're, not, if you're just this person that never you know, helps them and doesn't hurt them, you're just an average person, uh, they're not just going to give you free food. But if you're the one that comes in and helps them a lot, buys lots of food, tells, you know, it's all, refer a friend and get money back. Why? Because referring a friend helps the business, and so you refer a friend, they're going to promote that behavior by giving you money back. I can't just walk in and say, I want the $25 for referring a friend. Well, did you refer someone? No. But these are different standards based on the actions that we do. Again, it would be different if a business said, I'm just going to give everyone $25 that comes in. And then it's like, I want my 25. And they're like, no, you don't get it because we don't like you. Right? I'm, I'm trying to give a lot of examples because I hope that I, I think this is a very important point in our culture. When it comes to many different things, just moved into apartment, again, refer a friend and you will pay you. It's because different behaviors get promoted, get permitted, get prohibited, and things change based on your situation. And we treat those things different. We reward some things, we punish others, we allow others. That's just how things work. And so it's, it's normal to have a different standard for different behaviors, for different actions, for different ways of living. And so I don't think that that is this evil discrimination if it's clearly set forth and it's based on things that are objective, uh, things that make sense, things that qualify you. Now, let me just give one more example because we're running out of time and we don't have enough time to switch over to a different topic. At Costco, right? I have a membership to Costco. I can go in. I can get the advantages of all the stuff. But if a normal person tries to walk into Costco, they're going to say, no, sorry, you can't come in. Why not? Because you're not a member. But you can be a member. You can come in if you desire to. You need to sign up for a membership. You need to pay the membership fee and all that kind of stuff. Right? These things happen all the time. And so what do we do? Now, again, if Costco said, you're a jerk, just leave. We don't like you. That's a problem. But if they say, hey, we're going to treat you with compassion. We're going to try to help you understand why we won't let you in right now. Uh, but hey, there's an option. You can do this and this can help you get in. Uh, then, we'll, then you can allow for that. If you say, well, I don't want to become a member. Okay, then you can't come in. Right? These are different situations. We treat them differently for different people. But again, hopefully with all of this, just like kind of how the board of trustees came out, explained things clearly, explained their position. And they said, we want to be prayerfully obedient to God's word. We want to hold to what is true, but we also want to, see, we, they also very clearly point out that every student is a gift from God. They're infinitely valuable, worthy in the eyes of the creator as a member of the community. Um, we have to have that be main, made known too. 
that when we are trying to hold the biblical sexuality, we're not saying that someone who doesn't hold to that or someone who doesn't believe in that is somehow lesser than or worse than or anything. That is a huge, huge error in our thinking. We have to be clear that the truth says that God holds us to a certain standard of living, but also that God has created us infinitely valuable in his image. And so it's important for us to live in a way that glorifies and honors him, that follows him, that when we say, Jesus, you are Lord, we are saying, I want to obey and follow you and how you call me to live and to act. And so hopefully uh, this helps make sense. Hopefully working through this, maybe you'd heard of this, maybe you hadn't, but I want to see what are some of those reasons that are given in trying to justify these kind of relationships at the university, but also as the university has stood up, stood the ground and held to biblical sexuality in a culture that really is going to get a lot of pushback on this. And so uh, good job, APU, and standing up for what the Bible says about human sexuality and relationships. Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. It was a fun one. It was, it was, it's controversial, uh, and hopefully it is interesting to you as well. Again, you can send in your comments, your questions, uh, how you understood it and what you think uh, moving forward things are going to look like. Maybe uh, send in those thoughts, those comments. I'd love to hear what you think about the show. Again, if you enjoyed it, share it with your friends and your family, rate it on iTunes, your podcasting app. That helps me so much. And I so much appreciate it because I can only reach so many people with what I do. Thank you so much. Have a blessed week and weekend. Sip coffee. Think deeply. This is Coffee House Questions with Ryan Pauly. Won't hesitate to follow. Your love will guide my